You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. The other day I was shopping for carpets for my billionaire and I was at this high-end rug store and I couldn't help it. I had to say, because we're trimming a rug down for his specific size, I need to cut a rug. I know she didn't laugh. You don't have to laugh either, but I love puns. Today we're going to lie like a rug. We're going to be snug as a bug in a rug and I can't wait to tell you all my thoughts on rugs. So stay tuned. Welcome. I'm Betsy Helmuth and this is Big Design, Small Budget. So as you can see, I'm in the spirit of the season. Go Yankees. I just wanted to let you know why I'm going casual or flaunting my um, personal faves, the Yankees. Now, we're not here to talk about baseball. We're here to talk about rugs. So I have lots of thoughts, but let me first define what a rug means in the world of affordable interior design. A rug, its purpose is to define an area. So that's why... I call it and one calls it an area rug. So for instance, if a rug is under your sofa and your armchairs, it's a seating area, right? And so you'll need an area rug to define that. So I like in a living area, all the major pieces of seating to be at least partially on the rug. In a dining area, it's gonna define the dining area. And so I wanna make sure that the rug is big enough that when I pull up my chair, I'm not gonna be half on, half off. So that way when I push it in, I'm not bubbling up that rug. In a bedroom, I like a rug at the foot of the bed, which means that the rug is perpendicular to the bed, meaning that it makes a T-shape at the foot. So that way, when you get out of bed, there's like a little padded horseshoe all around the foot of the bed where it's soft and plush so your feet don't get cold in the morning. So that is how I use rugs the most. And so today we're going to talk about what sizes I like, what types I like, and of course, I'm going to answer your questions. So the first question comes from my mother-in-law. Janet, what's your burning question? Hi, I'm calling with a question about uh, carpeting. Um, I have in my rather old house a very narrow, very steep staircase up from the first to the second floor. And right now it has um, a very thin, actually it's an indoor-outdoor carpeting that was here when we bought the house many years ago. It is long past needing to be replaced. But I don't know what exactly to look for. I don't want it to be too thick, too padded, because that just makes it less secure to go up and down and with little grandchildren to visit um, I sure don't want to risk any falls. Can you give me any advice on what would be an appropriate rug or carpet uh, to use on a staircase like this? Thank you very much. So that's a very good question, especially since the kids you're referring to are my children and so I want them to be very safe on your stairs. First things first, you are right. You do not want a thick pile. And not just because it doesn't adhere well to the stairs, because it doesn't. When you're trying to get it over the stairs, and by you I mean your carpet person, uh, it doesn't fit well. It doesn't bend easily and curve around the actual detail of the stairs. But the other problem is it's just plush on top. So there's more to squish into, to slip off of. So the lower pile is best. 
Now you do want to splurge on this. The reason you want to splurge on rugs on a stairway is because they actually take more of a beating than other rugs. Because when you're walking downstairs, the force of gravity actually makes things heavier. And so they get a lot more impact than just a normal average area rug. So you want to spend a little bit more, but you don't just want to spend a little bit more on the rug. You want to get a high quality rug pad because that's the thing that's really going to be bouncing back time and time again. And that's the thing that's going to give your stairway carpeting longevity. So the other thing that you want to think about is maybe going for a pattern because my kids are going to be carrying juice boxes up your stairs. Just going to warn you now. And they're going to be coloring on your stairs. And I want it to camouflage the stains not only from my kids, but also from shoes or that kind of extra wear and tear that we were talking about. So something with a pattern will help rather than just getting a solid, which would show every imperfection. And it would show the wear more. So that wear that it's getting will be more apparent. In your situation, you will need full coverage. So you have stairs that are bound on each side by a wall, whereas most of us have stairs. I don't actually have stairs. <laughs> but if I had stairs, I think one side would be open. And then you would see the side of the stairs. When it's open, you do a runner down the middle. And that runner can go as wide or as narrow as you'd want it to be, but of course it should be fairly wide so that way it covers your feet. But when you're side to side, I typically would do wall to wall carpeting. And the reason I'm recommending it for your situation is because you have plywood stairs versus like pre-war ornate mahogany stairs, no judgment, but let's just cover those up with a beautiful rug. So that's my thought and I hope that helps. Hi, Betsy. When designing a room from scratch, is it easier to buy a rug and design from there or try to tie a rug into the other existing elements of the room? So, Gabe, you'll remember from my billionaire episode last week that I always start, even when I'm designing for a billionaire, with the rug or the artwork. And when we're on a budget, and by we, I mean me in my house, I'm starting with the rug. The rug is giving me the color palette and the style because that is a bigger piece of art than any art I'm going to have on my walls. That's an 8 by 10, in my case, 9 by 12 piece of art. And I really want to not only like it, but also to have it camouflage stains. So the more pattern it has, the more stains it will camouflage when I drop my slice of pizza or spill my wine. And then the other thing is that it's going to give me the color palette for the entire room. So it's kind of a no-brainer and it's fairly affordable. If I was going to buy an 8 by 10, 9 by 12 work of art, it would be exorbitantly expensive. I should know because I'm buying one for my billionaire. Um, so it will be exorbitantly expensive. And the other issue is that sometimes it's more expensive to frame it than it is to buy it. So a rug, you don't have to frame and it's like a beautiful piece of art for your floor. So in terms of what kind of rug I would use in a living room versus in a bedroom, in a living room I go for that pattern, maybe I go for a shorter pile so that way when people are playing with Play-Doh or eating popcorn, those kernels don't get kind of stuck in the pile. Speaking of pile, I do like a pile that's 0.25 to 0.5. When you're shopping, just scroll down. It'll tell you the pile height because I really hate those flat weave style rugs. They're just not comfortable and they really like bubble up when you're vacuuming. Anyway, and I don't like shaggy rugs, except maybe in a bedroom. Because remember, in a bedroom, it's like all soft and plush, and you want that cozy experience when you get out of bed in the morning. But the other reason I don't mind a shaggy rug in a bedroom is because typically you're not wearing your shoes there, so it's not going to get as dirty. Typically, you're not eating like 
all your Chinese food there, so it's not going to get the stains that it might get in the living room if you eat on the coffee table like I do. And also, it just doesn't get as much wear because 40% of the rug is going to be under the bed. There's just 60% that's that pity pad horseshoe. So I don't mind doing a little bit of a shag in the bedroom. I said it. I just said shag in a bedroom. You know, I didn't even get it till I just said, okay, whatever. All right, here we are. Speaking of shagging in a bedroom, it's time for Design TMI. Design TMI. So before I moved to my place in Park Slope five years ago, I lived in a tiny studio with a naughty cat. And naughty cats mean you can't have rugs because she liked to do her thing. So I couldn't have a rug. I couldn't have a bath mat. I couldn't have any fabric on the floor. And it was a total bummer. And so I totally feel your pain, clients who have pets. It can be a challenge. Typically, I recommend floor tiles, F-L-O-R, that you can flip out and switch out whenever there is a problem. But with this cat, there was just going to be a lot of problems. So we didn't have any rugs. So about a year before I moved, my cat, who was 16 years old, died. She died. And, you know, it was quick. It was painless. You know, it was very sad. But at the same time, after she died, the next day I went out and I bought a rug. My first rug. It felt good. It felt really good. Um, so when I moved to Park Slope, I moved to a place that was bigger, a two-bedroom. And now I needed, like, a lot of rugs. So I splurged and I got a nice big rug for my living room. And of course, when you're thinking about rugs, you always hear 100% wool, right? Isn't that what you hear? It's like the standard. Is it 100% wool? So I was like, let me get a 100% wool rug. Fast forward. 12 months later, there's a baby on this rug. And my little baby is, you know, in his diaper, rolling around, cuckoo, and he is red as a beet. All of his little skin is like red and inflamed. I'm like, what is going on here? And then I sat down to play with him and I got a little red and I got a little inflamed. It's a wool rug. It's like a wool sweater. It's itchy and it's abrasive and it's not comfy to play on if you've got a lot of exposed skin. So I'm not a fan. I'm no longer a fan of 100% wool rugs. I prefer a wool blend like wool polyester. It's so much softer to play on and doesn't cause that redness. Other textures I'm into, I really like materials like acrylic. I like nylon, which is what the floor tiles are made of. I like blends, like a cotton blend, but I do not like wool. Let me tell you what other textures I do not like. So a lot of people think that with kids, you need an indoor-outdoor rug, because then you can really scrub it, you can hose it off, but it's made of polypropylene, which feels like polypropylene. It's plastic. It's like putting your kid on a oilcloth tablecloth at a picnic it's weird so no plastic mat rugs speaking of mats i don't like the flat weaves i don't like them because they easily fold when you vacuum they get all sucked up and they're not plush they're not fun to play on either even though they're quite popular right now so that's my two cents on your flooring i hope that uh you heed my cautionary tale don't have a little red baby like i did get rid of your wool rug and get a blend Thank you so much for listening. You can read more about how I feel about rugs and some of my favorite rugs on BigDesignSmallBudget.com. Special thanks to our producer, Catherine Heller, Aton and the Embassy, our house band, and also Affordable Interior Design, who sponsors this podcast. Thanks for the cash to keep this podcast afloat. 
Speaking of, speaking of keeping this podcast afloat, if you like this podcast, please write to Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com with some questions. Because frankly, my mother-in-law is tired of me asking her what she wants to know about rugs. So send in some questions, please. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Like